2: Rick Tittle na, 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 na.
3: All right T Then, Rick Tittle with you. It's another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. I'm Rick Tittle. See how that works? So, I'm on the mic. You're on the phone. Not yet. Well, if you want to get on the phone, it's a toll-free call to talk sports with me. Once again, I'm Rick Tittle. This is the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network coming to you right here where North Beach meets the Financial District on Broadway. The neon lights are bright on broad. Wait, 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 wait. George Benson. Remember that? Woo. Are we really happy? Masquerade. Remember all that? All right, I'll move on. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, quota, ball, chess, checkers, rugby, cricket. Let's talk some sports at 1 800 878 Play. We do have some guests coming up. In a little over a half hour, I will bring in a uh, a singer. She looks kind of country, but she's from Boston, and that's Ashley Jordan. We'll also have in the second hour Dave Newhouse. And if you're from the East Bay like me and you're right around my age, you know who Dave Newhouse is. He was a fixture. He was the guy at the Trib. Reach for the Peach, East Bay Today. Yeah, Oakland Tribune. And he has a new book called Goodbye, Oakland. Ouch. Before him, though, we'll bring in actor Jeremy M. Evans for his new film, Andy Somebody. We'll take a look at the pro-wagering folks in the third hour. But other than that, as I mentioned, open lines. 1-800-878-PLAY. Overseas, oh eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. 800 878 7529 Big, 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 big supporters of our military. And that's why I'm very privileged and quite proud to be on American Forces Network. Wherever you might happen to be listening, if you are in our military, I'm on your side. You're doing a great job. Hope to see you see it home very soon. We're on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app. I'm on twitch.tv. Hey, how's it going, eh? I turn Canadian whenever I go on there. Uh, so come on back. Let's do this.
4: the struggle of tough greasy messes on my stovetop so i just freak wipe and i'm done
5: when i'm frustrated with stubborn bathtub soap scum i just freak wipe and i'm done mr clean clean freak delivers an innovative cleaning experience with a powerful deep cleaning mist that starts working on contact to break down tough messes in seconds
6: just freak
5: wipe done. done
1: That's 800-943-2153.
8: Before new Cascade Platinum Plus, I would pre-rinse all my dishes because my old detergent just wouldn't get them clean. But now, I do dishes differently. a no pre-wash, no re-wash, money-back guarantee kind of different. Because Cascade Platinum Plus has double the grease-fighting power of Dawn built right in with twice the scrubbing power, giving me a clean that lets me break all the dish rules. I just scrape, load, and I'm done. Yep. (laughs) With Cascade Platinum Plus, I dare to dish differently.
9: Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a He's so handsome. He's a genius.
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. We are underway. Too late to jump off and swim back to shore because we are going. Come on in. 1-800-878-PLAY. Got a couple of playing games tonight. We'll talk about that. We had a very good playing game. Um, The second one, the at least for the neutrals and the Laker fans out there. It was pretty horrible if you're a Minnesota fan. But the Lakers did beat the T-Wolves. Am I the last person to call them the T-Wolves? They still say D-backs, right? Uh, Overtime, 108-102. That means L.A. is in, and they're going to face Memphis in the first round. And uh, Minnesota is going to uh, play the winner of tonight's game in the West on Friday. And... It was a, uh, I don't know, it was kind of a strange game. We got 53 minutes of it, but, you know, the Timberwolves, if you think about not just missing J.D. McDaniels, but suspending Rudy Gobert, they were up by as much as 15 in the second half. And we were talking with Noah Parker yesterday from Pro Wagering, and I said, there's no way the Lakers can blow this, can they? And he was basically saying, yeah, they could. <laughs> No, but he said, no, I don't think so either. And still, the Lakers, you know, they, they cut it to seven by the end of three quarters, and they didn't take the lead till 1.4 seconds left in regulation. Dennis Trudeau, uh hit a three-pointer and um, terrible foul by Anthony Davis on Mike Conley's game-tying desperation three-pointer, hit all of them, and so the Lakers regained, uh, regained control in overtime, and the T-Wolves blew a few opportunities to uh, even things up, but they just couldn't get enough points. And uh, as I said, now Minnesota will see who comes out of the Pels and OKC, um, and they'll go to Minnesota on Friday. And then whoever wins that will face the Nuggets uh, in the first round. And the loser of that... The loser of that technically didn't go to the playoffs, so they're going to the lottery. So the Lakers defensively were inconsistent all season, but once their trade acquisitions arrived from February 11th on, the Lakers had a very good defense. They were second in the NBA from that point on, and that was with LeBron James missing a lot of games too. So they didn't look like an elite defense last night. The T-Wolves scored 60 in the first half and then tacked on 26 more in the third quarter. But from about six minutes left in the game, Minnesota only got two field goals. They had two shot clock violations. They had six turnovers. And counting free throws made, seven total points in the last six minutes. And as I said, were it not for a single stupid foul by Anthony Davis, the Lakers would have shut out the T-Wolves in the second half of the fourth quarter. These were not the typical Timberwolves. They surely would have preferred Rudy Gobert and Jaden McDaniels for their game. Their offense is way better without them. But their absence allowed them to start Torian Prince, and he went four for seven from three. They moved K.A.T. to center. And this was the best possible group of offensive players they could muster. But the Lakers locked him up. So if the Lakers are seriously going to compete, this is how they're going to do it. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt is not. Maybe his last name's a household name because of the rich family and the university. But he's not. But he's a very versatile defender, and he was guarding Towns and Anthony Edwards in different points of the game. Dennis Schroeder its not Schroeder he was all over Minnesota's guards in the backcourt. Uh Davis is a player defensive player of the year candidate uh, as always. But uh for a um a single possession they are very capable of playing an elite defense. So but you kind of got to see the good and the bad of Carl Anthony Towns and it's, you could say he was the biggest reason they nearly won and maybe the biggest reason why they lost. He had 24 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists, and those numbers don't even really do a justice to his impact either because Davis wasn't good one-on-one. They tried different matchups. He made great pass after great pass. Most of Minnesota's layups were basically from the space that K.A.T. was generating when he was on the floor he was great the problem was was that Towns wasn't on the floor enough he only played 24 minutes in last year's playing game because of the clippers because of foul trouble and they sat him roughly 12 extra minutes because of more foul trouble and in that point the the Timberwolves were outscored by more than 25 points so look minnesota is desperately thin up top. Gobert got suspended, Naz Reid is hurt. But the fouls were unacceptable. He got charged for his first foul on a charge in the second quarter and then immediately committed a frustration foul on the other end. And he came in with roughly 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and he got his fifth foul in less than a minute and then he got pulled again and he was, and he grabbed Anthony Davis arm. When fighting for a rebound, I mean, you you don't give the chance the refs to even let that go. So there's just these weird, inexcusable mistakes. But think about the point guards. When the Lakers traded Westbrook to the Jazz in February, they got two Jazz role players in that guy Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, who we know. And a third Jazz player was also in the deal, and he went to Minnesota. And that player was Mike Conley. The Timberwolves sent Tiandolo Russell to the Lakers. Essentially, that means the Lakers had the choice between Russell and Conley, and they chose Russell. And that choice looked really bad on Tuesday. Russell, with a lengthy history of struggling in big games, was 1 for 9 in 24 minutes, and Conley was fantastic. 6 for 8 from a three-point range and then hitting those three three throws. So the Lakers won, and that, they, that means they have a new opponent, and they got to prepare for him really quickly. <clears throat> and LeBron and Anthony Davis scored half the points, which, look, Davis will spend the Memphis series battling Jaron Jackson Jr., and James will be guarded by Dylan Brooks, who Clay Thompson hates, the Felix Mutual. But, uh, look, the, behind, the logic behind Russell over Conley was easy because Russell is way younger, and he's an easy scorer. But when things are going well, he's great. But when they're not, they're not. So, I mean, Anthony Davis still 24 points, 15 rebounds, 3 assists. Remember his That's All Folks shirt that he wore in New Orleans. But how about Minnesota? I mean, it's sort of like soccer games where a team goes down to 10 men and then they win the game and you're like, what the hell happened there? And... You could just kind of tell when they're like, Gobert is suspended. And you want to say, well, then that's over then. It's just, it's a psychological thing that you can't get over. Now, uh, after the break, we'll get into the uh, other game, which, by the way, Noah Parker said, take the Atlanta Hawks outright. And he got it. He was absolutely right uh, on the road. And this is with talk of Trey Young Getting his coach fired, McMillan, and uh, getting the green light to trade him. They're not going to trade Trey Young. You know, this was the guy that they used on draft night uh, in the Luka Doncic deal. And uh, do they regret that? Well, I mean, look, the Mavs are not in the playoffs, and the Hawks are. Now they have grabbed the number seven seed over the Heat. We'll talk about that next. I got... A little break here and we will come on back with more show and you can be a part of it. Come on in at one 800
9: 878 play
1: Paid for by Legal Alert Line. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out of pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800 390 5160. 800 390 5160. That's 800 390
12: 5160. You spent over a decade in the Middle East,
13: and I just wanted to say. And I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you very much. Don't interrupt me, please. Thank you.
14: You must be crazy. Use a DOG. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: Wow, that is something else, I'll tell you that. 1 800 878 play to be part of the show. Coming up next, we will have singer Ashley Jordan. And she'll sing, Here You Come Again. Oh, wait, that's Dolly Pardon. All right, as I mentioned, the early game was not as entertaining. Unless you're an Atlanta fan, and then it was thrilling. They dispatched the Heat in Miami, 116, 105. Trey Young was fantastic 25 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, eight rebounds for a guy who's six feet tall. It's not bad. Kyle Lowry, the old man, showing up in the playoffs as he did with Toronto, and uh, 33 points and uh, four rebounds. Remember, they had rested a lot of their guys. They had rested Tyler Harrell. They had rested Jimmy Butler, 26 and 21 points respectively. But the funny thing was, uh, Quinn Snyder's bags were packed for an overseas trip. He was going to see some family and friends, and he was going to see some coaches that he's gotten to know over the years. And then the Hawks called him and said, would you like to be the coach? And uh, his bags are now passed, uh, packed to uh, Boston. This is where they're going to play the Celtics. Let's go to Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan, and we got Charlie. What's up, Charlie?
12: Hey, Rick. A uh, good friend of mine, a longtime Raider fan. He's been to Raider games. He's, he's from... Uh, Maryland, Baltimore, Big O's fan. Mm-hmm. He texted me last night. He says, "Are you watching the game?" I said, "Of course not." He says, "Your A's are up seven to three. And I said, "Give it a time, give it a chance. Give it <laughs> just wait, just wait. Just uh, the game's what what inning is it?" I think he said the fifth or sixth. Oh, plenty of time. Don't worry. And sure enough, <laughs> came back and like you were saying, if I had a choice between watching uh, having bad hitting or bad pitching. Uh, there's nothing worse than seeing a bad, a bad pitching staff. It's mm. just. It's I think we've just, given up four uh,
3: grand slams now.
12: Yes, yes, um, oh. yes. Uh, d- d- uh, d- d- yeah, there's. Uh, d- anyway, I, I didn't call about that. I just, just <laughs> it was my he, he's a he's a Raider fan, but he's a bit, he's from yeah. He, right. I said Euro's looking good finally. Blah blah blah. And anyway, so uh, Raiders draft. If you don't mind, if yeah. We can chat a little about that. Now I know this is the lying season, quote unquote lying season. Uh, all the teams do their due diligence today. The Raiders have um, Carter in. We both sort of are hesitant on drafting him mm-hmm. due to uh, coming into his pro, you know, ten pounds overweight and blah and all the legal stuff. Uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I want them to. Dra- I just I don't even want them to draft an all lineman. I want them to draft. I, I now because I've been now do like many years as a Raider fan you do your research I want them to draft either Christian Gonzalez or Witherspoon one of these one of these corners mm-hmm. I they're almost can't miss from everything I've read they, uh, they, they've compared them to uh, the guy the Jets drafted last sauce Gardner,
9: mm-hmm.
12: on that level I know what I know Gonzalez is bigger stronger but Witherspoon has this uh, unbelievable speed, and I think the quarterback rating against him is like like some crazy number. So uh, I, if they draft any of these quarterbacks, uh, the only one is Stroud, but Stroud is going to go one. Right. And they would have to give up too much to get up to two or three. Just draft one of these corners. I'm, I mean, if uh, the guy Anderson falls to them, or, uh, I, then fine, I, because I, everything I hear about him, he's off the charts too. But just draft, you, dra- you want to draft a quarterback, draft him, in, uh, I think they should do. And I know they've been looking at the guy from Fresno State and the other uh, the other kid, I don't know, who's Stanford, or uh, uh, I forget their names, um, Hayner, Hayner, Jake Hayner is one guy they, I yeah. heard they're high on. Um, but, you, uh, you know, j- j- just draft D. They need three starters from this draft immediately. So, what's your what's your feelings? Your your inner deepest thoughts about this draft at this point, two weeks two and a half weeks away?
3: I'm with you. I don't want a quarterback, but as you said, they, they need a day one starter. And Gonzalez and Witherspoon would be day one starters. The, L- the Raiders were last exactly. in the NFL in takeaways. I think Gonzalez is only like an inch taller than. Than, than Witherspoon, I saw more of Gonzalez, but for some reason, I'm more intrigued with Witherspoon. But I would take either one. Um, if they did draft a tackle like uh, like Skoronsky or Paris Johnson, that guy would have to start right away. But the other thing is, is I'm also and I might need you to talk me out of this. I've been getting more and more intrigued by Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa about maybe. I've be- heard great. Yeah, like the yeah, next so JJ you Watt, you know, and I'm like, eh, yeah. Yeah, so I Yeah,
12: but what, is he going to go in the first round or is he someone that you can maybe be available at the end of the first round where you can package a couple of those they have 12 picks. Is he someone that would be available? Lucas Van Ness in the,
3: in the last two mocks I looked at, he went 6 and then the other one had him going at 11.
12: Oh, wow. So he got oh, all right. I didn't even
3: yeah, he's right, really I, I, rising, and this is why I'm probably why I'm paying it more attention now because it was like it was all about after Will Anderson and Carter it was all about Tyree Wilson, and he's still in the top ten, but now everybody likes Van Ness. So I don't know. We'll see.
12: Well, that, that's yeah, and then there's the the kid from Pitt. Uh, if, I don't know. Oh, don't
3: Collegiate Kansy.
12: Yeah, I heard he's like the next, uh, and I know they compare him to Aaron Donald. Cause right he went there, but but uh, and the other one, the other name I hear. That it, for a second round is a uh, linebacker, Jack Campbell. Not familiar with him. Don't know much about him, but I, I've heard, I'm um, hearing a lot of great things about him too. So I, you know, we're we're so shell shocked from the way the Raiders have conducted <laughs> the last twenty years of their draft. I'm just I'm just going to be sitting there waiting for them to move up the draft. Uh, uh, Will Le- Will Levis uh. or uh, Anthony Richardson? <laughs> That's, I listen. There's supposed to be great upside on Richardson. But the, the, this team is—they need surefire, can't miss, and Richardson is not that. He may turn into be, you know, some things. Some of the things I hear on my, oh, in three years he'll be the top five quarterback, or he, or he'll be Jamarcus Russell. I said I, I can't be, I can't be taking that chance if I'm, right. if I'm Well, this team. here's
3: here's the he, thing for me when it comes to Carter and why I don't want him. The Raiders drafted two guys one in Daryl Russell and one in Chester McLaughlin, so, both guys no longer with us, yes. but they were both had the old uh, warning flag that said they take plays off and they're lazy. And, like, why do you want to draft a yes. third guy who has that moniker?
12: No, I, I I agree. Like, if if they were further along in whatever process they're further you can't take a chance. Like I said, the things I've been reading, the, some of the stuff I've been listening to, those two corners, Witherspoon and Gonzalez are almost can't miss. Like they were like you said, day one starter, yeah, you can right. be your next cornerback for the next seven to eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. This this whole and obsession
3: are, with a quarterback, I mean, ask and, and look hindsight's twenty twenty, but in the in the draft for Trey Lance where the Niners traded three first round picks, they could have had Micah Parsons or Jamar Chase right. or Patrick Sertain or Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, Najee Harris. Um You know, Micah Parsons got out of the top 10. I mean, he was 12, and he was by far the best player in that draft. So, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Get a guy who's a day-one starter.
12: Yes, anyway. All right, that's all I got. Go A's. All right. Let's let's avoid uh, avoid 111 losses. All right. right, See you later, buddy.
3: Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, listen, I'm always up for some draft talk. The uh, the thing about uh, this Lucas Van Ness kid – the, the only thing I don't like about him is judging a book by its cover. He looks like a friendly dork. Should I hold that against him? And the answer is no, I shouldn't. And he came out after his sophomore year, but in the past two seasons, he's had 14 sacks. Remember, he wasn't even all big 10. He was second team. I guess it counts, but he was second team all big 10. And so what he is, is he is a big time player prospect. Now, if you could get what they get out of uh, Max Crosby, then you would have two Max Crosbys and you could put them on either side. That's what they thought they were going to be getting out of uh, Chandler Jones and uh, not so much. And before that, uh, some other guys (laughs) that they tried as pass pass rushers. But the other thing to remember about Lucas Van Ness is Is apparently, I read, he only came in on passing downs. So he basically pinned his ears back and rushed the passer. He didn't play regularly in their um, set defense. But here's the thing, too. I don't care if he can get, uh, if he can give me eight sacks as a rook, one every other game, then he'll be worth it. Uh, I'd like at least double digits, to tell you the truth. But he's someone who's rising up the boards, and and I think he will probably drop out of the top 10, but he's not going to drop out of the top 15. He's going to be there uh, at some point. But, yeah, this, the, this whole obsession of Richardson and Levis, and look, I will trade, and it's not my pick to trade, but I will trade out of seven to move anywhere in the top 12. I don't want to drop too far. But if, let's say, the Texans uh, who pick 12 or the Eagles at 10 or the Bears at 9 or the Falcons at 8, whatever, they want to flip-flop because they think we're going to take Christian Gonzalez and they want to and they're going to throw us their second-round pick, I'm for it. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on the other side with Ashley Jordan.
15: Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder, Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing
16: strong.
17: Ah, much better.
16: Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it.
1: That's 800-788-1495.
19: I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really
14: worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
19: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I just want to tell him
14: it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help.
1: That's 800-378-3508. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
8: Are you someone who tries to drive while distracted by your phone? Someone who props it up on the steering wheel or peeks down at it for a glance? Or just scrolls and scrolls? If so, you could be the next person to get into a fender bender, get a ticket, veer off the road, or even cause a crash that kills you or someone else. Enough with the phones already. Put them down and pay attention or pay the price. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by NHTSA.
3: All right, uh, those are the dulcet tones of Ashley Jordan. The song is called, Am I Gonna Survive? This segment, because she ain't here. But if she does show up, we'll put her on the air. Um, getting back to the Hawks game. Trey Young, as I mentioned, 25. Clint Capella, 21 rebounds. 21 rebounds. <clears throat> that's got to be something that's aggravating as I'll get out to Eric Spolstra to let that guy get that many rebounds. So Snyder had his bags packed for Europe. Now he's going to Boston. He said, our guys are trying to be the best version of ourselves at the end of the year. This year is not over, so hopefully we can take this and continue to build on it. It's one game, but it was our game. That's right. Now, uh, Deshante Murray, by the way, added 18 But they avenged that five-game round one loss last season. Um, As I mentioned, Kyle Lowry, 33 points. He's been in Miami two years. He's never hit that many. And so um, for the Heat now, who's either going to host Toronto or Chicago on Friday to decide the eighth seed and a spot against the top overall team, Milwaukee, and uh, we'll talk about the Raptors and the Bulls a little bit. Uh, They're playing today, obviously. Um, But Jimmy Butler said, Come Friday we have to play the legit exact opposite of how we played tonight. (laughs) I like that. Legit exact opposite. So for the Hawks, four reserves, Sadiq Bey, who I always like, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Peter's brother. Onyekio Gongwu and Jalen Johnson combined for 53. So the Hawks now have played in three play-in games, and they are 3-0, and which is the most ever. It's a brand-new thing. And, um, well, I will say New Orleans can match that when it plays Oklahoma City tonight. They'll also be 3-0. and But they earned it on the board, as I said. i mean, like at Capella. They out-rebounded the Heat 63-39. to and the offensive glass 22 to 6 how many second opportunities did they get well there was a 26 to 6 edge in second chance points Trey Young said <clears throat> quote we all understand the moment and the time of year it is credit our guys for being locked in ready and focused on the game plan the hawks took two timeouts in the first 3 minutes of the third quarter that's because they had a 24-point lead, and it was getting wheeled away fast. They cut it down to 15 by halftime. Miami did. Then they opened the third quarter on a 16-6 to 6 run, added all up. It was a 27-8 to 8 run in about 27 minutes, and they were within five. And it was all going away for Atlanta then. <clears throat> but the Hawks had an answer, and every other time the Heat made a run, they would make a run. Next thing you knew, they were up by 13 going into the fourth quarter. And uh, Miami was within six. And then the Hawks scored five straight to go back to double digits. And now a team that was the East's number one seed last spring is one game away from elimination. And Eric Spolstra, the head coach of Miami, said nothing about this season has been easy. We're going to do this the hard way. Tim Hardway. Meld all my heart away with a smile. So this was the second time this season that the Hawks took a huge lead on Miami and almost let it get away. The Hawks were up 26 over Miami in at the first half, at halftime, I should say, in January, and they let it all go. Capella had a 20-rebound game that year. But still, Lowry coming off the bench <clears throat> for the first time in the postseason, in 14 years, his last 94 playoff appearances were all starts. But the Heat went 1-6 against the teams that they might face Friday. They were 0-3 against Chicago and 1-3 and against Toronto. Boston, meanwhile, beat Atlanta all three times they played them. And nearly all the rotation players from both teams missed at least one of those games. So it'll be the 13th series overall between Boston and Atlanta, and just think back to the Bird days and Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight reel. But uh, Miami became the 16th franchise to play in the play-in tournament, and tonight with Chicago, Toronto, and Oklahoma, that will Oklahoma City that will stretch it out now to 19 teams that leaves only dallas denver detroit houston milwaukee new york orlando philadelphia phoenix sacramento and utah who have not been in the play-in game and that's not actually a bad thing because the play-in game could mean that uh you're not there all right we do have our guests we've found her it is country singer ashley jordan and uh we heard am i gonna survive on the way in and, uh, Ashley, it's Rick Tittle with you in San Francisco, but nationally syndicated and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. And I know the American Forces is something very near and dear to you, isn't it?
2: It is very much so. Thank you guys so much for having me.
3: How is it near and dear to you, may I say?
2: Absolutely. So my husband um, is was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Um, he is a veteran now. And um, for many generations in my family, we have... Um, really, really amazing um, men and women who have served the, our country, and so it, it really means a lot to me, all of the different veteran organizations. I try to take part in as many as I can because it's just it's so amazing, so it's great to be a part of it.
3: Now, you're from Massachusetts where there's not a lot of country stars, but you have a little Ozark in your blood too, right?
2: I do, I do. On on my mom's side of my grandparents, um, I used to go and, and and spend a lot of summers there as well. So uh, a lot of happy, nostalgic memories there.
3: Is it sometimes you're just a country star, like you know Keith Urban's from Australia, but he's like, I don't care, I'm a country star. I mean, is that just when did you kind of feel it? You're like, that's my music.
2: That's a good question. When I started out, it was very, it was a little bit more folky, singer songwriter type, um, and I think just my influences. A lot of the old-time kind of traditional country, I really started to kind of lean in that direction. And as I, you know, wrote more music and and got to know more of what I was interested in, it was kind of a country crossover. Um, And so I I love all types of music, but um, country music has definitely always been in my blood. My grandfather on my on my dad's side um, did country music. He played guitar and sang and harmonica and wrote his own songs and had a very Johnny Cash kind of vibe, so I always loved that type of music and was very inspired by him uh, from a very young age. So I've always loved it. The storytelling and the melodies and it just it kinda hooks you into the story.
3: Now did you have to get rid of the Apoctocod Havid Yad accent?
2: Ah <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I I don't think I have that accent in me for whatever reason. Maybe just because I'm very much outside of that area, you know, the, the main Boston or Dorchester. I guess the Dorchester, I'm, I'm not in that area, so I don't think I have that sound, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Pass that one up, I guess.
3: Now, with a twang, is that an affectation, or is that something that just came right through naturally?
2: You know, it came through naturally, and that's why I think from a younger age, people were like, well, why why aren't you, like, directly doing country music? Like, you have a twang, and you kind of have a, you know, yodel in your voice when you're going from note to note, like that's you know, that would be a really cool place for you. And I was always like, well, I love country music and never really, you know, thought it was that um, until I started listening to more to my influences and the type of music I was writing. It kind of just naturally started kind of heading in that direction, I guess, which was kind of cool. And it felt authentic that way.
3: What's it like starting to win awards and getting nominated for a Grammy? It's got to be surreal for you.
2: It's definitely surreal. It's definitely surreal. It, it feels like a long time of, of things and a long time coming, but it, it's it's such a nice thing to to have the benefit of seeing those songs that you know I never thought would leave you know the bedroom kind of songs and and hearing them doing such great things was was a very inspiring thing to me because um, everyone knows you know as a musician it's a it's a tough world it's a judgmental world it's a you know. It's one of those things. A lot of judgment there, so I think that when it is good, it's it's really really great to have that kind of recognition.
3: No doubt. And the fifth album on the way, or is it out?
2: It is. It's on the way. It's, it's been in the works for for some time, and I really feel like it really represents where I'm headed as a as a musician and in the direction that I really feel that represents me most as a as a true um, country artist. So I'm I'm really excited about releasing it.
3: And as the bedazzled outlaw, if you do rob a bank, they'll know you from all your rhinestones?
2: (laughs) Oh, definitely. I know you're right. That's kind of a dead giveaway, isn't it?
3: (laughs) (laughs) How is the merch moving at AshleyJordanMusic.com, the tank tops and hats and stuff?
2: Oh, good. Definitely. I mean, especially in festival season when we're doing our our big shows, those are usually... uh, definitely a favorite of of the girls at least <laughs> play play into the ladies um but uh yeah no it's it, it, it's definitely a great thing to have when we're traveling
3: and then you you talk about these festivals you've opened for some big stars too like Trace Atkins. what was it like you know when you're in these like uh not just country royalty but they're your peers now you're right there with them
2: it's, it's pretty surreal it's pretty surreal it's hard not to um to fangirl and you have to kind of play it cool you know (laughs) i think that's kind of a a a tough one when you do look up to someone so much um but i think that i've been lucky in saying that i I know there's a lot of people who meet certain stars and they're very much let down by whatever their experiences or the person was mean or they were rude and i haven't had that experience um for the people that i've been doing shows with or opened with or had the pleasure of sharing the stage with. Trace Atkins was definitely one of the kindest souls and one that actually listened to my entire set because when I went backstage, he was commenting on certain songs and the way my voice was. And I was like, dude, like you were listening. he's like, yeah, what do you mean? (laughs) I was like completely shook because you know what I mean? Most main artists, like, you know, they're busy. They got their stuff going. They're not going to listen to the opener, you know, uh, But um, Trace Atkins, Garth Brooks, like very similar guys, in my opinion, just very true gentlemen, down to earth, real people. And I think that's something that I also really admire about country music is it's just it's very real. Like they're they're just they are who they are and there's there's no cover. There's no mask. And I think that's kind of something that's really beautiful about it.
3: Yeah, I got to meet Garth one time. He was a nice guy. And plus, you know, you're a star when your name is spelled out on your frets, right? (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh one of one of my favorite guitars it's my baby for sure i try to uh i try to take good care of it so
3: all right as i mentioned ashleyjordanmusic.com find out more we'll listen to her song 30 years to life on the way out ashley thanks for coming on and uh, congratulations on your success so far
2: thank you so much thanks for having me it's, it's been really great chatting with you guys
3: all right i'm rick tittle come on back
1: That's 800-278-1738. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. That's 867 6917
18: President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right. You, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands guaranteed or you pay nothing
1: call now 800-949-0039 800-949-0039 that's 800-949-0039 paid for by the tax helpline
12: Uh, what kind of music do you usually have here Oh, we got both
18: kinds. We got country and western.
14: tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night now back to fat boy
3: all right a couple minutes left in hour number one of three and about every five years the man himself ron Barr, wanders in (laughs) to the studio what's going on ron
11: i don't know i i had to get a map to find the studios here
3: (laughs) (laughs) so uh what 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 and of course sports byline usa six p.m. every night how long is that show 7 p.m. every night like I said how long has that show been going
11: uh 35 years wow. so we launched the network on October 24th 1988 first guest in the studio sitting in the seat I'm sitting in right across from you I asked him if he would come in and be my guest we were only two hours a night mm-hmm. 12 stations across the country first national sports talk radio Willie Mays
3: wow <laughs> and who was the, the – because if you were me growing up when I did, Ron, of course, was the, uh, the sports guy at Cron and right. other stations as well. Um, who, and, of course, sports sometimes would just get the short shrift, and they would sometimes even would eliminate it <laughs> at, at times. When did you get the idea? It's like, I want to just talk sports.
11: Well, I don't know <laughs> about that. I got uh, – they bought out my contract at Channel. Uh, Channel 4, and I said, gee, doing play-by-play for six months, six months, and four months over three years, that's that's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. But I got hired here at KSFO Radio in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. then one night I had Duke Snyder on, and a guy called in, and he says, you know, on, I've waited for 35 years to talk to Duke Snyder, and tonight you're giving me the chance. And that was the seed for it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing tennis on television with Billie Jean King. I said to her, I've got an idea to start the first national sports talk radio network, but I don't know anything about the business side of it of broadcasting and she looked at me and rick she said to me i know you well enough ron you never want to look over your shoulder and wonder if you could have and she was absolutely right and then and of course the other one was 1999 almost 2000 when we were the first network to sign on with what was cd radio sirius xm eventually and
3: as they say, the rest is history. The rest is history. It's Ron Barr, 7 o'clock every night, and it's called, well, it's the name of the network, Sports Byline USA. Good to see you. Good to see you, too, Rick. All right, I'm Rick Sittle. we got two more hours. Come on back on Sports Byline.
17: Say news. I'm Richard Johnson. The second Tennessee State Assemblyman who was thrown out of the General Assembly last week will probably return tomorrow after a vote this afternoon to reinstate Justin Pearson. NBC correspondent Katie Beck is in Memphis.
18: It does appear at this point that there is a, a high probability he will have the votes. There are 13 members of the Shelby County Commission. Nine of them are Democrats. He needs a simple majority uh, to be reinstated and sent back to the state capitol, and most of those commissioners believe he will get it today.
17: Pearson's fellow expelled assemblyman, Justin Jones, was reinstated by the Nashville City Council and returned to the assembly floor yesterday. Both Democrats were expelled by the Assembly's Republican supermajority for taking part in an anti-gun demonstration inside the Assembly chamber. It will be days before fire crews will be able to put out a huge blaze at a plastic recycling facility in the town of Richmond, Indiana. The fires produced a huge black plume of toxic smoke, That poses a huge challenge to Richmond Fire Chief Tim Brown and his people. It is very difficult. We have to have enough water
4: to overcome the BTUs that the fire is producing. Um, And we're on a small water main in this area, so we really didn't have enough water.
17: No word yet on the cause. Thousands of nearby residents have been forced from their homes. Falling grocery and gas prices contributed to a drop in the government's top gauge of inflation last month. The March consumer price index rose by one-tenth of one percent and is up by five percent from a year ago. Last month, the year-over-year was six percent. The call is growing among Democrats for longtime California Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign. The 89-year-old's been out sick with shingles since early last month. Combined with the absence of Pennsylvania's John Fetterman, the Democrats' two-vote Senate majority is for the moment gone this is USA news
16: Need weekend plans? Check out what's happening at your local Lowe's. Weekending at Lowe's gives you and your family the opportunity to make us your weekend destination. Stop by for free workshops, events, and activities for everyone to enjoy. We're getting active with fun local events like our upcoming Lowe's Bucket Ball Challenge and Kids Workshop. Visit lowes.com slash events for our full event lineup. Count on Lowe's for all of your home improvement needs. And now, activities in your community with Weekending at Lowe's. Want to grow your
15: business but don't know where to start? Good leads. Leads are how you get customers, tax help, legal, insurance, home improvement, investment services, and more. Don't pay for someone else's used-up leads. Get new customers now on any budget with leads direct for your business at FastLeadsNow.net. FastLeadsNow.net will advertise your business on radio stations like this one, but you only pay for the leads you need. FastLeadsNow.net. FastLeadsNow.net. That's FastLeadsNow.net. A warning
17: from a judge is not stopping former President Trump from speaking his mind on social media. And an authority on presidential rhetoric says other warnings aren't working either.
18: Many, many people have told him that he shouldn't communicate the way he does, and that definitely doesn't stop him.
17: Texas A&M professor Jennifer Murcia on the New York judge who told Trump to refrain from social media posts that could incite violence. She says that warning probably isn't enough.
5: If the judge gives some teeth to that, you know, there's some repercussions, he'll probably still push it right to the limit.
17: Murcia says Trump's always used social media to control his own story, and if the judge in the Hush Money case in New York clamps down further, it could be a big test of the First Amendment. In Miami, a lawmaker wants to make sure the 1961 failed attempt to free Cuba from Fidel Castro's communism at the Bay of Pigs is not forgotten. Milano Reyes is hosting a ribbon-cutting and monument unveiling tonight, At the Bay of Pigs Memorial Park, he says only about 500 of those fighters are still alive.
7: That's why it is important and necessary to keep this type of history alive. So people know and people that come after us understand what happened, why we Cubans came to Miami.
17: The monument shows a rifle-toting fighter emerging from behind a Cuban flag. It also includes a plaque explaining in both Spanish and English the history of the operation and its consequences. I'm Richard Johnson, USA News.
1: That's 800-943-2153
2: Rick Tittle knows his sports I hate that guy I love that guy Oh my gosh, he's so fine Rick Tittle brings home the bacon Fries it up in a pan And then he eats it
8: Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch
3: Thank you for that. You know, a lot of times in sports we hype guys up, girls up, women, men, whatever. <clears throat> and then in the end, not that great. Freddie Adu, no offense to him. But Shohei Ohtani beat the uh, Nationals yesterday. The Angels 2 to nothing. That's his 10th consecutive start in which he has surrendered two runs or fewer. The previous record on that franchise was Nolan Ryan, who did it in 1972 to 73. So he held the Nationals to one hit over seven. He did walk five, which is uncharacteristically wild for him. But he struck out six, and as a hitter, he went one for four with a single. The last time Otani allowed more than two runs was against Detroit in August of 2022. He gave up three that day. He has not allowed more than three runs in 15 starts. So Otani has now thrown 20, uh, 12 one-run innings across two starts, striking out 18 and seven walks. At the plate right now, he's batting 306 with three home runs, two doubles. Now Nolan Ryan did that at age 25 and 26, his first two years with the California Angels. Then. Uh, and the Angels are 6 and 5. As I said, they're still right around 500. And this weekend, they'll begin a series on the road at uh, Fenway. And some people say, you got to pay him to be a pitcher and you got to pay him to be a hitter. Oh, what if he can't pitch? Now you're paying $50 million a year to a DH. Uh, there's all what ifs, what ifs. He should get 10 years, 500 million. And he will. I think he will. I think he'll get 10 years, 500000000 million. He'll get $50 million a year to the lucky team that gets him. Because we've never seen anything like this. I'm Rick Tittle, 1-800-878-PLAY. play we got actor Jeremy M. Evans waiting on the other side. Dave Newhouse will join us in just about a half hour as well. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. CRN Digital Plus 2 Cable Radio Network Channel 2. I'm Ritidal. Come on back.
14: Chimeric antigen T-cell therapy, or CAR T-cell therapy, is a unique, personalized approach that harnesses a patient's own T-cells and genetically engineers them to recognize and attack cancer. Among patients with large B-cell lymphoma, or LBCL, it's making a difference in this difficult-to-treat blood cancer. Dr. Manali Kamdar is an Associate Professor of Medicine and Clinical Director of Lymphoma Services at the University of Colorado Hospital.
8: The safety profile and effectiveness seen with CAR T-cell therapy reinforces use among appropriate large B-cell lymphoma patients patients, advances in treatment have created a shift in the nearly 30-year standard practice, increasing the potential of long-term remission for more patients. Patients
14: treated with CAR-T cell therapy may experience serious side effects, including cytokine release syndrome and neurotoxicity, which can happen in the first few days to several weeks after infusion. Talk to a doctor to see if CAR-T cell therapy is right for you. For more information, visit bms.com
5: slash therapy info. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote.
1: Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day?
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. There's a brand new movie coming out on the 18th of this month, Video On Demand. It's called Andy Somebody. It is an action comedy starring our guest, Jeremy M. Evans. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Action comedy. I like the, uh, the combo, kind of like a 48 hours type of thing.
4: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thanks for having me on Sports Byline. How you doing?
3: Pretty good. So take us through a little bit. How did this all come together?
4: Yeah. um, Well, I had a a pilot out at uh, CBS. We uh, we were about ready to go, getting all ready for that. And uh, then this little thing called COVID hits and they shut us down. Um, And uh, out here in LA, it was really bad. I'm sure I know it's bad for everybody, but LA was uh, particularly bad. They just shut everything down. And uh, I called a a friend of mine and I said, Hey, let's um," (laughs) I asked to borrow $40. So he and I could go to a bar and talk ideas because I wanted to pivot to a film. And um, so we went to this bar called snake pit on Melrose, uh, had a few drinks and talked about ideas, what we could do for uh, a film. And that's how Andy somebody got started.
3: The Snake Pit, not to be confused with the Viper Room.
4: No, no, not, not the Viper Room. We wouldn't be able to hear each other in the Viper Room. But uh, yeah, quiet little bar, Snake Pit, and uh, yeah, we just we uh, we had to do something. CBS was was over when your pilot gets busted. It happens fast. So they don't care about your feelings. And uh, and Queen Latifah, <laughs> her TV show took over, and that was it.
3: Wow, the Equalizer got you. Mm-hmm. So, I remember hearing uh, an interview, I think it was on Letterman years ago, Michael J. Fox, and he got to Hollywood and he was Michael Fox. And they said, We already have one with SAG. And so they said, Use your middle initial. And his middle initial was A. And they said, Well, Michael A. Fox sounds pretty presumptuous. So he's like, All right, how about the- Michael J. Fox? You know, it's the same thing with uh, Michael Keaton, whose name is Michael Douglas. And I was like, We already have one of those. So, for you, adding in the middle initial, what was the decision there?
4: You know, it was Jeremy Evans is a pretty, pretty common name. That's when you want, you know, something super sexy as your first name, (laughs) because Evans, Jeremy. (laughs) So I had to use the M uh, as my middle name, Michael. And that's that's the only reason that happened is just too common a name.
3: So, uh, take me through, I mean, Hollywood, uh, is littered with whatever broken dreams. I mean, everybody, every barista and waiter is waiting for their callback. If they can get it, it is a cutthroat business. As you were just saying, how, when did you find that you had that little X factor to get above everybody else?
4: You know, the thing I'm used to having my heart broken. I'm a Cubs fan. So, um, (laughs) I've been a Cubs fan my whole life. I grew up in a household full of St. Louis Cardinal fans, so you can imagine how oh, that is. Uh, so I had to really fight for it. Same thing in Hollywood. I mean, I, you know, I, the thing that set thing sets me apart is uh, I'm a writer and a director as well. I mean, I came up in Chicago at an Improv Olympic. You know, I do stand up. I uh, wrote sketches at Second City in Chicago so failure when you get used to failure it, it just doesn't hurt as much and you know i don't have an attitude I didn't, I didn't come from i came out to la by myself you know so anything that i did was totally on me so that helps and when you get you grow up a cubs fan you're used to failure you are used to uh big expectations and then falling to pieces then you regroup you sign a couple old veterans and you, you make the best of it but um but setting me apart i think just being a writer writing my own material <clears throat> so i don't have to you know my thing's not auditioning I've, I'm, my next film i wrote myself um it's called the legacy and uh we're gonna be doing that shooting that in illinois um, next or later this year september and that's about a, a guy that, that, that falls apart after he throws the big interception in the high school football game and And, uh, he's, he's trying to take over his dad's business. So just, you know, being a writer, being a director, you know, it's kind of like sports, man, the more you can do, they tell you, and when you get drafted late rounds, like the more you can do that, that's how you get on the team. And, and, uh, you know, I wrote sketch and all that and, and just the more you can do, that's how you get going in this business.
3: So growing up, you were, were you in Cardinals country and you were just a Cubs fan to be a contrarian, or is there another, another reason why you were a Cubs fan?
4: You know, dude, I'm I'm 43 years old, and I remember in 1989 when the Cubs, um, they went to the playoffs and they played the Giants, mm-hmm. and I just I fell in love with Wrigley Field. And I have an older brother, so it's part part hatred of him uh, as, a, as, as a child. <laughs> and and uh, no, man, I when when you see Wrigley Field and you grow up in the state of Illinois, I didn't grow up in Chicago, but I grew up a couple hours south of there. When you see Wrigley Field, I don't see how you you could be a fan of anybody else like you know, kid growing up in Massachusetts, man. Like you see green monster, you see all that. I just love the Cubs. Um, and you know, they, they had a good year when I was 10 years old. Um, and I just, I, I fell in love with it. I loved the Ivy. I begged my mom, please take me. It was three hours North. So it wasn't a short trip and she didn't like driving Chicago traffic. But uh, once I finally got old enough, Um, Got 16. I finally went and I couldn't believe it. I was like, like I walked into a, like a high school, like a, like a softball stadium, but it was just, you know, Wrigley Field, man. It blew me away. And Mark Grace, Ryan Sandberg, all those guys, you know?
3: Yeah. Well, they, you were heartbroken until 2016 and then you got it. What's that? You were heartbroken until 2016.
4: Oh, yeah. No, no. You, you're, you're heart, you, when you're a Cub fan, you're, you're signing a lease to you, everything's going to fall apart. Your sewer's going to go bad. The house is going to fall apart. <laughs> but you get one year in 2016. And, remember, I, like, a lot of people don't remember, they were down 3-1, and it was over. Like, this was perfect Cubs falling apart and losing to a team called Cleveland.
3: And extra innings in Game 7 and a five-minute rain delay and all that weird yeah. stuff.
4: yeah. <laughs> And that's why I'll forever love. Um now no, I'm blanking on his name. He just left this year. Uh, signed him from the Cardinals. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, played right field, but he he pulled the team in. Uh, that great story. Pulled the team in. It's like, look, this isn't our destiny. Let's pull this together. That rain delay that saved him.
3: That's pretty good. All right, before we let you go, Andy, somebody, uh, Andy yeah. Felder or Fielder. He is a Chicago accountant. He steals, mm-hmm. steals $3 million from his boss and goes to L.A. and tries to start a new life?
4: Yeah, so this guy this guy is just a – you know, you see these people out in the world and you just pray to God you're not one of them. <laughs> he's just a peon. He just never stands up for himself. He's just – he's super, super soft. And, um, and he has a boss that's a, just a handsome guy who, who just – abuses him, uh, makes him work too late. And one day he just wakes up and he says, I know where he keeps this money. This guy's crooked. I have everything on him. He has nothing on me. So it's just the fantasy I think that everybody's had. What if I did this? Mm -hmm. And that's what he does. He takes all the money. He, he, and then he goes on the run and, and has no plan because that would be thinking ahead. And that's not what people do when you just react in the moment. Right. So he just does it. And uh, yeah, a very bad guy comes after him, and uh, we get out on the road. We go to L.A. We have a lot of fun, a lot of jokes. There's a couple cops in this movie that um, <laughs> remind me remind me of some guys in Chicago that just had nothing good to say. <laughs> and uh, sure, yeah, man, it's just you know it's just a fun ride.
3: It's called Andy Somebody, and it's going to be video on demand on April 18th, and uh, starring our guest Jeremy M. Evans. Jeremy, congratulations on that and uh, also your next project. And uh, let's catch up down the road.
4: Absolutely, Darren. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on.
3: All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with some open lines at 1-800-878-PLAY.
6: We've been helping inventors since 1984. Let's help you next. Take advantage of the opportunity to get started today. Call 1-800-356-7308. That's 1-800-356-7308. Again, 1-800-356-7308.
15: You're so ugly, you could be a modern art masterpiece.
14: i percent sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
3: Wow, well, that really hurts my feelings. Eh, not really. one 800 play Come on in and get heard wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours. All right, uh, coming up in the next segment, Dave Newhouse, <clears throat> the iconic sports writer from Oakland, He has a book. It's a sad title. It's called Goodbye, Oakland. Yikes. By the way, we have some big league scores. Let's throw them at you here on a hump day, getaway day. Uh, The Astros lead at PNC over Pittsburgh, going to the fourth. Just underway, uh, White Sox at Twins and Yankees at Guardians. The Padres are batting first because they are the road team in Flushing, and they've jumped out to a 2-0 lead over the Mets, who will be in Oakland on Friday night. The Mariners and the Cubs will be going shortly, and the Cardinals and the Rocks and the Brewers and the Diamondbacks and just about everybody else <clears throat> will be getting underway. The A's will try to stop the bleeding at Baltimore. Ken Waldachuk St. Mary's College, 0-2 with a 14.5 ERA. Not great. (laughs) You think? Uh, Not too great. An interesting note, I think, though, from Major League Baseball today. These games go by so quickly now. At least four teams have begun to extend alcohol sales into the 8th. Because the games are too short. It used to be when the eighth inning began, that's it, no more beer. And it's the Diamondbacks, the Rangers, the Twins, and the Brewers, of course.
9: Brew crew in the house.
3: So as I said, <clears throat> MLB does not mandate when you have to cut, out, cut off booze. But alcohol right now is not getting sold as much as they'd like so the president of business ops of milwaukee brewers guy named rick schlesinger said from a time perspective we're probably looking at selling beer for the same amount of time by extending to the eighth that we did last year through the seventh obviously the safety and the conduct of our fans has primacy wow there are monkeys in there primacy We've had no issues, but it's a small sample size, and we're going to continue to test it and see if it makes sense. I know a number of other teams are doing the same thing. Well, this is going to be right now. It's on track to be the shortest game time since 1984. Yeah. Now, whenever you create a new rule, people will try and get around it. It's just like when you have something that says, ha-ha, We know you're taking steroids, then you invent the clear or a different type of steroid, right? Getting around the rules, hide an emery board or some Vaseline or some pine tar under the bill of my hat or on the back of my neck, whatever it is. And video game developers have told me that gamers will take their games to places they didn't even know it and they made the game. It's like, wait, you can do that? Yeah. I didn't even design that, I know. So there's no more shift, we realize that. But the Royals are trying something uh, to get around the shift. (laughs) I gotta say, it's called the two-man outfield. Because now there must be two infielders on each side of second base when the pitch is thrown, and they must have both feet on the dirt or infield grass. So no more putting shortstops in shallow right field. The shift is gone. Well, not really. Because, I mean, ask Corey Seager, who was one of the most shifted against players in the game. It's still happening. The Royals, Seager's batting left for the Rangers. They brought in their right fielder to play Rover. And then they had two other, they had their center fielder and their left fielder basically play a cover two. They had the left fielder in left center. They had the right fielder or they had the center fielder in right center. So there was no one in left. There was no one in dead center. It's just two guys in the alleys and then no one in deep Right. So it's a risk. And Seager fell victim to the, two new, uh, the two-man outfield shift twice. And so they asked Gabe Kapler about it because the Royals had played the Giants. He said, everybody noticed it. I don't think it's deployed all that often across the league. I think part of it probably has to do with the short ride field in our ballpark and feeling like they can cover a lot of ground that way. Obviously, they're taking risks, leaving the middle of the field exposed, but I don't blame them for taking liberties like that. I think it makes some sense. So the Royals have only done that two times against Seeger and Joey Gallo. They don't do it against every lefty hitter. <clears throat> but the ones who definitely pull the ball every damn time is there. Now... It's not the kind of thing where a bunt single is going to burn the third baseman because the third baseman is right where he's supposed to be. And so uh, all in all, they have used the two-man outfield 19 times. They are the only team that has done it, and the results are one home run, one double, three singles, two walks, one flyout, six groundouts, five strikeouts. The on-base percentage is 387. So it's not great. (laughs) But they asked little Yaz out here about it, Mike Yaskrimski. He said, I think that's an interesting way to play it. I don't foresee it happening for a long time once teams get beat a few times. Right. Well, it's one way. Uh, to get around it, and like I said, why why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you? Uh, the Rays are now eleven and zero. This is something that we know. They're two wins away from matching the longest season opening winning streak in Major League history, and uh, they beat the Red Sox by seven to two. They have now tied my nineteen eighty one Oakland A's for the third best start ever. My A's that year lost the ALCS at Yankee Stadium. I remember Goose Gossage mowing down the A's. The Brewers won 13 in 1987. They did not go to the playoffs. Remember, there were no wild cards then. And the Braves won 13 in 82, and they lost in the NLCS. The only team to win their first 10 games and win the World Series was Brooklyn, the Dodgers did it in 55. So they homered four more times last night. Yandi Diaz, Josh Lowe, Isaac Paredes, and Brandon Lowe. And uh, Diaz, it should be noter, noted, left later in the game with a possible shoulder injury. But still, sensational total of 29 home runs in the first 11 games. That is tied for the most ever. The 2000 Cardinals hit 29 home runs in their first 11 games. Uh, the only other team that has 20 home runs are the Dodgers with 21, and I think Max Muncy has like 20 of them. But, uh, you know, as I said, a great opening run does not obviously mean you're going to go to the playoffs, but uh, only the uh, 55 Dodgers will do it. Now, two teams started off 9-0, and the 84 Tigers and the 90 Reds. They both both won the World Series. The 84 Tigers started off 35-5, and and they beat the Padres in the World Series. That was back when you only had to, the ALCS and the NLCS were best of five, and the Padres, Bruce Bochy was a player then, that was Jack McKeon, I think, was the skipper then, but the Padres played the Cubs, and the Cubs had Ron Say, I remember. Yeah. The Padres had Steve Garvey, it's kind of like LA and different NL towns over there. And the Cubs won the first two. And it's like, we're going to the World Series. I guess uh, Jeremy M. Evans could relate. And then the Padres won the next three. That was the Kurt Bavacqua. Remember that team? Maybe not. That was the guy. Kurt Bavacqua, by the way, was called the uh, called Tony LaRusso, Tony LaRusso, Tommy Lasorda, that fat little Italian. And if you ever want to hear a great rant, sports writers recorded it with the F word every other word. Is Tommy Lasorda getting back at Kurt Bavacqua saying, when I was a pitcher, I would have sent a limo over to his house to get him to show up so I could strike him out all four times. And that was bad. So anyway, like I said, if you create a rule, people will try to finagle a way around it. And it's, uh, it's always a risk The even the shift was a risk, you know, and it's like, if you have a slugger who's going to hit a home run and he wants to bunt to third for a base hit, it's basically an intentional walk. It's like, I'll take it. Did you hit a home run? And the answer is no, I didn't. And so then you take that thing and you, you basically run with it at that point. All right, coming up next, we will talk with uh, Dave Newhouse. He has a new book called Goodbye, Oakland. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Byline.
7: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's.
18: Bag boys, bag
7: boys. U.S.
6: price participation may vary. Includes choice of double stack JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher.
1: That's 800-390-5160. Mr. Clean, Mr.
9: Clean.
4: I hate the struggle of tough, greasy messes on my stovetop. So I just freak, wipe, and
5: I'm done. When I'm frustrated with stubborn bathtub soap scum, I just freak, wipe, and I'm done. Mr. Clean Clean Freak delivers an innovative cleaning experience with a powerful, deep cleaning mist that starts working on contact to break down tough messes in seconds.
1: Just freak,
5: wipe, done.
1: Hadle is going to go to the air. He's back to pass. He throws deep to the end zone. Batted up in the air. Intercepted by Dan Connors. It was a deflection hit into the air by Willie Brown. And Connors came down with a pass. And the Raiders stopped the Chargers without six, without even three on that drive.
14: about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio.
3: Uh, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show uh, Dave Newhouse. It's always great to talk to Dave if you're where I'm from. <clears throat> growing up in the East Bay, you always read Dave in the uh, the Trib, the Oakland Tribune. He's a champion uh, for uh, Oakland sports and... Um, he has a new book called "Goodbye Oakland," and uh, Dave, we all know what that means, and it's uh, it's it's sad, but I guess we got to face reality, huh?
13: Oh, uh, it's good talking with you, Rick. Yes, it's one of the. It's more than sad; it's kind of a tragedy to have the Raiders and Oakland become displaced. The Raiders have come and left here twice, making Oakland the most signature abandoned city in in America, and now we're worried about a hat trick here. If all three teams leave, it's going to leave Oakland, which once had the House of Champions. As you know, it's just going to be barren and desolate and hopeless.
3: You know, the uh, I actually put out a tweet yesterday saying everything that the A's ownership has planned is going exactly the plan. They're getting the bad... Crowds treating their uh, fans horribly. Then the national press picks it up, and the headline in Yahoo: "Oakland can't draw flies." This everything is going exactly to plan, and I don't understand why they would do this. But it's hard when you see. It's like watching your dog bleed to death on your lawn, and you can't do anything about it.
13: Well, you know, if if you think back to your Oakland sports history, this is a replication of what Charles O. Finley did back in the late. 70s stripped his team of all the great players, Reggie Jackson, Sal Bando, Raleigh Fingers, uh, uh, Catfish Hunter. uh, And now you see the present ownership of John Fisher dismantling the team, too. You know, here you had someone, as an example, Matt Olson, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, someone you would come to see, a gold-glove first baseman, you know, a marquee player, and they let him go. And now everybody else is gone. And, gosh, in three days they've, they've scored one run, a couple of 11 to nothing shutouts. And um, it's going to be terrible. Um, I don't know where this thing ends, probably in Las Vegas, in 115-degree baseball heat in July. Uh, but But it's a sad, sad story, Rick.
3: I don't know how many times I have emceed rallies i mean i did them for mayor kwan and whether it was raiders or a's warriors what have you but i remember a couple times at ricky's when it was still there uh i emceeded and uh, you came and you gave a very passionate speech to the crowd um that night I- is there anything we can do i might have people saying you know like they want to boycott and i understand why are they I remember when the Raiders were leaving when I was a senior in high school. He had a thing on Monday night where like we're we're not gonna take our seat till the second quarter, like no one cared like it's just it's such a helpless feeling.
13: yeah, there's not much you can do um to cats out of the bag, so to speak because Oakland has just kind of been victimized as San Francisco's ugly stepsister, and yet if you see the crowds that have come to Oakland events, i mean the Warriors were broke in San Francisco. They came here, made tons of money, went back to San Francisco. But if you look at their location now, uh, compared to the Coliseum, it's just night and day. The Coliseum had Bard on one side, a railway on a third side, second side, a freeway on a third side, two giant parking lots, an f- airport five minutes away, and now at the Chase Center, you know, there's there's no parking nearby, the freeway's not nearby, barts not nearby, the airport's a forty dollar cab ride away, and yet Oakland is a city that's portrayed as you know, as the bad as the bad the bad uncle or however you want to describe the familial relationship. But it's you think about what Oakland is being faced with now and I'm gonna tell you something, Rick, and and your listeners um... it's something that's in the book it's very important um, the stadium that they want to build now is out by the estuary now you could swim across the estuary in fifteen minutes it's not that wide but it's at the port of oakland and the port of oakland is the sixth biggest port in the country it has businesses stretching all the way to china eighty four thousand jobs on the whole chain it goes twenty four seven and people don't realize this about oakland but it's shipping business is paramount to the city's success and by building that ballpark out into the estuary you can't turn ships around and that's oakland's primary commerce it's not sports it's not entertainment it's that shipping industry out there uh... and it's just a sad commentary that a city which has supported its teams through thick and thin through franchises coming and going and threatening to go. They built the Coliseum arena for these teams. They renovated the Coliseum and arena for, for both the Raiders and the A's and the Warriors. And yet it's not good enough. And Oakland is looking as, as the bad guy and it's just, it's a bad melodrama <laughs> and it's it's not playing out anymore musically
3: Dave Newhouse is with us the new book Goodbye Oakland you think about the the one by Laney College the the Peralta site which they announced and then they didn't have the votes and that went away I remember going to a planning commission meeting with Doug Boxer and Libby Schaff back in the day about Victory Court all these different things of course Bud Seelig announced Uh, the the place in Fremont and the swamp that was next to neither the 880 or the 580 freeway or a BART station Um, at a certain point like I sort of feel now the, the when I look at the design of the one at the Howard terminal and as you mentioned you know the port and schnitzer steel and everything else that's going on there you can see from the West Oakland BART station all the semis lined up there every day it seems like a horrific place to put a ballpark, they're talking about gondolas going in. I've always felt that this was pie in the sky. I've always felt that this was never a serious venture, that we were all being duped. Uh, your thoughts?
13: Well, Rick, also, let's compare it to the, to the Coliseum from another perspective. The Coliseum was built with Contra Costa County to the north, Santa Clara County to the east, San Mateo County to the south and San Francisco and Marin Counties to the west. With all the, you know, with BART and the railway and all those other advantages, it was centrally located as probably the most perfect stadium arena spot in the country. So accessible, so easy to get to, and yet nothing ever seems good enough here. And, uh, and I just... It bothers me. I'll tell you, one of the, the, the really tragic things in my mind was in all the years the Warriors were here, they never would accept the name Oakland. It was mm-hmm. always that Golden State. There is no capital of Golden State. There is no zip code in Golden State. It's Oakland. They were the Oakland Raiders. They were the Oakland A's. Yet they couldn't be the Oakland Warriors. And as soon as they go back to San Francisco, <clears throat> they have this tribute to Oakland, Where the players come out one night or a couple of nights, I guess, with Oakland on their jersey. (laughs) I mean, that's that's like, excuse my language. It was like a kick in the groin. Yeah. And how 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 badly could you mistreat a franchise that made you rich, a city that made you rich, by laughing at it under your breath uh, later on? Um, in another location. It's just a lot to to deal with. I don't want to poor mouth your listeners, Rick, um, but if you just think about what it's like to have a business and have it successful, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it's moved out of state. Um, it does leave a sour taste.
3: Well, especially when you have your heartstrings attached. Now, I remember being at a Raider game, about I don't know, a little ten years ago, Roger Goodell came and he came to say, Look, I know Jed wants a new stadium, I know Mark does. I want you guys to build one here. This has the Bard station, it has a freeway, it has parking, it's the perfect location. Share a stadium here like they do in New York New Jersey. And of course, neither team wanted to do that. But I mean the basically the NFL said this is the perfect spot.
13: Yeah. It's a perfect spot in certain people's minds, but it doesn't seem to have a unanimity about it. Um, I don't know what it what is it's going going to take you know you Oakland certainly needs a a good turn If there's a movie about Oakland, it's negative. If there's books written about oakland it's it's negative, but it's sports it's the straw that stirs the drink to steal that from Reggie Jackson um it's made the town what what it is, yes, Gertrude Stein said there's no there there, and Jack London lived here, and they named the square after him. But I think it's taken Oakland's sports eminence to give it an image that the rest of the country can grasp because Rick, most people around the country aren't sure where Oakland is, you know they think it's somewhere north of Sacramento and maybe south near Paso Robles some place <laughs> and it's very difficult to give Oakland its 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 proper image i yeah I've the other, here, yeah, the other the word, thing is
3: i I, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you but the gertrude stein quote was taken out of context what she was saying was all her friends and all her family were gone and so that's what she meant but there was no there there. The other thing is, Dave. I got to throw in when I was in high school. East Bay today, reach for the peach. I had a paper route with that.
13: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, that it didn't last. It it didn't last too long, but it was it was quite a thing. Ten cents in 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 the morning, and I'm aware of what Gertrude Stein said. Yeah. After she came back from Paris, she didn't recognize her neighborhood. Nobody was there. Maybe there was a new, some new houses built, and she said, "There's no there there." And it wasn't a knock, so much on Oakland. It was a knock on part of her life that had right. come and gone and was not recognizable a- a- anymore. But uh, that's what every, everything that's ne- that's construed as negative about Oakland is what seems to be, the general population's, memory of Oakland.
3: Right. Before we let you go, how do we get a hold of this book, Dave?
13: Well, it's by, uh, published by Triumph Books, Scott. It's called Goodbye Oakland, Winning Wonderless, and a Sports Town's Fight for Survival. Andy Dolich and I are the co authors. We just had our first book reading last night at Books Inc. in, Al- Books Inc. in Alamo- Alameda. Can I say that right? Mm-hmm. And it sold out. Uh, we had a great turnout. Um, so it's on the Internet. Goodbye Oakland, Triumph Books. Andy Dolich and
3: Dave Newhouse. Yep. We know Andy very well as well. Dave Newhouse, goodbye Oakland. Pick it up. Dave, always great talking to you. Thanks for coming on my show, buddy.
13: Continued success, Rick. Thanks Th- so much.
3: Thank you. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Bioline.
1: That's 800-760-1845. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. 800 867 6917. 800 867 6917. That's 800 867 6917. Back to pass goes targeted. He's going down the middle, and White makes the catch. He is clean but holds on to the football, losing the helmet. Chin strap flying one way, helmet the other. Holy Toledo!
14: saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then.
3: Well, that's something else. All right, we might have a completely free hour uh, coming up. We'll see if uh, J.D. Sharp uh, will join us or not from pro wagering. Uh, But other than that, it's a great time to call in at 1-800-878-PLAY. Phil Bork, the former uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguin, has announced that he is going to be auctioning off all his Stanley Cup rings and his jerseys, and <clears throat> it's to help his mom. He said his mom got scammed out of her life savings. He said, first of all, I don't have a drug program and I don't drug pro, drug problem, and I don't have a gambling problem because I know that's what people are thinking." Because I wanted to clear the air. I have a family problem. Twice they got to my mom. The first time they said they needed to get my daughter out of jail, they called her Nana, and they sent a courier to the house for her check. How can people just fleece old? F- I mean, it's first of all to be a dirty thief, but just to fleece old people out of their life savings? There's got to be a special section in hell for them. Right? All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back I'm Bylin.
17: USA News, I'm Richard Johnson. The second Tennessee State Assemblyman who was thrown out of the General Assembly last week will probably return tomorrow after a vote this afternoon to reinstate Justin Pearson. NBC correspondent Katie Beck is in Memphis.
18: It does appear at this point that there is a, a high probability he will have the votes. There are 13 members of the Shelby County Commission. Nine of them are Democrats. He needs a simple majority uh, to be reinstated and sent back to the state capitol, and most of those commissioners believe he will get it today.
17: Pearson's fellow expelled assemblyman, Justin Jones, was reinstated by the Nashville City Council and returned to the assembly floor yesterday. Both Democrats were expelled by the Assembly's Republican supermajority for taking part in an anti-gun demonstration inside the Assembly chamber. It will be days before fire crews will be able to put out a huge blaze at a plastic recycling facility in the town of Richmond, Indiana. The fires produced a huge black plume of toxic smoke, That poses a huge challenge to Richmond Fire Chief Tim Brown and his people. It is very difficult. We have to have enough water
4: to overcome the BTUs that the fire is producing. Um, And we're on a small water main in this area, so we really didn't have enough water.
17: No word yet on the cause. Thousands of nearby residents have been forced from their homes. Falling grocery and gas prices contributed to a drop in the government's top gauge of inflation last month. The March consumer price index rose by one-tenth of one percent and is up by five percent from a year ago. Last month, the year-over-year was six percent. The call is growing among Democrats for longtime California Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign. The 89-year-old's been out sick with shingles since early last month. Combined with the absence of Pennsylvania's John Fetterman, the Democrats' two-vote Senate majority is for the moment gone. This is USA News.
16: Need weekend plans? Check out what's happening at your local Lowe's. Weekending at Lowe's gives you and your family the opportunity to make us your weekend destination. Stop by for free workshops, events, and activities for everyone to enjoy. We're getting active with fun local events like our upcoming Lowe's Bucket Ball Challenge and Kids Workshop. Visit lowes.com slash events for our full event lineup. Count on Lowe's for all of your home improvement needs. And now, activities in your community with Weekending at Lowe's. Want to grow your
15: business but don't know where to start? Good leads. Leads are how you get customers, tax help, legal, insurance, home improvement, investment services, and more. Don't pay for someone else's used-up leads. Get new customers now on any budget with leads direct for your business at FastLeadsNow.net. FastLeadsNow.net will advertise your business on radio stations like this one, but you only pay for the leads you need. FastLeadsNow.net. FastLeadsNow.net. That's FastLeadsNow.net. A warning
17: from a judge is not stopping former President Trump from speaking his mind on social media. And an authority on presidential rhetoric says other warnings aren't working either.
18: Many, many people have told him that he shouldn't communicate the way he does, and that definitely doesn't stop him.
17: Texas A&M professor Jennifer Murcia on the New York judge who told Trump to refrain from social media posts that could incite violence. She says that warning probably isn't enough.
5: If the judge gives some teeth to that, you know, there's some repercussions, he'll probably still push it right to the limit.
17: Murcia says Trump's always used social media to control his own story, and if the judge in the Hush Money case in New York clamps down further, it could be a big test of the First Amendment. In Miami, a lawmaker wants to make sure the 1961 failed attempt to free Cuba from Fidel Castro's communism at the Bay of Pigs is not forgotten. Milano Reyes is hosting a ribbon-cutting and monument unveiling tonight. At the Bay of Pigs Memorial Park, he says only about 500 of those fighters are still alive.
7: That's why it is important and necessary to keep this type of history alive. So people know and people that come after us understand what happened, why we Cubans came to Miami.
17: The monument shows a rifle-toting fighter emerging from behind a Cuban flag. It also includes a plaque explaining in both Spanish and English the history of the operation and its consequences. I'm Richard Johnson, USA News.
0: Here's the number.
1: 800-725-1651. 800-725-1651. That's 800-725-1651. Paid for by Legal Alert Line.
2: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that. Hour three underway. When Cristiano Ronaldo went back to Man United, it didn't really work out with Eric Ten Hag, so they bought him out. And he went to Saudi Arabia to play in that league. It's called the Saudi Pro League. And they gave him a crap load of money. Well, the manager there is Rudy Garcia, who used to be in charge of Roma and Lyon. That's A.S. Roma and Olympique de Lyon. And uh, he has been told, even though they've won their team, Al Nasser, have won seven of the last eight games... That if they don't beat Al-Halal in the next game, which is Tuesday, that he will be fired. These are some reports. There's also supposedly an uneasy relationship between Garcia and Ronaldo as well. And that uh, uh, Al-Halal is right now the uh, Asian champs, by the way. <clears throat> but that al Nasser is trying to get Lionel Messi uh, as well. As they say, they're playing uh, paying boatloads of money. But this is the most interesting thing about this whole story: the Saudi League has the highest rate of managers being fired in the world. Do you know what the average time for a manager in the Saudi League is? I was gonna guess year and a half. Four months. <laughs> That's half a season. Four months is the average time for a manager in the Saudi league. So, yeah, anyway, but that's interesting, too, when you're told uh, you're going to be fired. I'm going to be fired. All right one 878 Let's get it in. Let's get it heard. We might have a free hour, so don't be shy. Anything that's on your mind, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, co the ball, chess checkers, rugby, cricket. Tune in at iHeartRadio, upstitcher your app, sportsbyline.com. Rick at sportsbyline.com is the email. And twitch.tv, hey, how's it going? All right, we got another hour. Come on back.
2: Hello there. My name is Seychelle, and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me is the punch of flavors that's unlike any other. You get the crispy tenderness of the chicken and that hint of sourness from the pickles. (laughs) Ta-da!
12: Hey,
11: I'm Juan, and what makes the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich original to me is you know you're going to get chicken that's crispy, golden, and juicy. This is the gold standard of chicken sandwiches.
14: Order the original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real customers paid for their testimonials.
1: So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. 918 4086 That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group.
8: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter,
1: That's 800-278-1738.
10: This is J.D. Sharp. I've been developing a revolutionary sports handicapping service, and you can be a part of the beta. Sign up at betus.com with a deposit of as little as $50 and use the promo code SHARPBETTING. Email a screenshot of your account to worldwidesharp at gmail.com and I'll reply personally with my plays. My NFL record this season was an industry best, 72 and 33, and this is the only way to know all my plays the moment I make them. Let's keep making money together.
9: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome.
3: He's a genius. Coming
9: up next, Rick Tittle.
3: All right, we have a full hump day edition. That's right. The dance, take the chance, do the hump. I'll drink up all the Hennessy you got on yourself. I once got burger in a Burger King. Right. What's that, Rick? I said I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. Shut up. 1-800-87-A-PLAY. Two play-in games tonight. Come get them while they're hot. Chicago at Toronto. And Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet says the nature of the plan tournament says bodes well for us. What a jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto is the ninth seed, so they're hosting the tenth seed, the Bulls. And um Van Vliet said, we're gonna lock in on one thing. What, winning? All right. But I just I never like those jinxy things he's saying. This is good for us. Yeah, why would you want to automatically be in the playoffs? That sucks. It's like twice when, before the A's paid, played the Dodgers in 88, Don Baylor, who was a DH for the A's, and he came on the screen and he said, uh, yeah, the Dodgers don't have a chance. We're the best team in baseball. What? They won the a- the NL. They beat the unbeatable Mets. The Dodgers don't have a chance. And then, even worse, or just right up there, when the A's were playing the Yankees in the uh, divisional series, and the A's would get off to 2 0 leads against the Yankees and then the Red Sox, and then the Yankees and the Red Sox lose, 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 lose. Eric Chavez, his whole face on the screen, Diamond Vision at the Coliseum, while the Yankees were taking batting practice, and he says, This is our year. The Yankees are done. What are you doing? That's not even bulletin board material. It's diamond vision material, right? All right, anyway, whoever wins this game has to go to the Heat, and they probably will feel pretty good of going to the Heat the way they looked last night. And Toronto won the regular season series with Chicago 2-1. to uh, they prevailed on their home floor in both victories. The Raptors are a 500 team, 41 and 41. The Bulls just under that, 40 and 42. And uh, last time they played, Pascal Siakam had a great game, uh, but Nikola Vucevic had a better game. Uh, Demar Derozan, longtime former Raptor, guy who missed out on all the fun, Mister USC. The guy who openly talked about dealing with mental health issues like Kevin Love did. Um, <clears throat> he um, He's going to be, I, I mean, look, he's going to want, does he want revenge? He wants to look good. OG Ananobi of the Raptors said, he'll definitely be more aggressive on Wednesday. Just us in the game plan, trying to limit his touches and force him out as much as possible. Trying to make it as difficult as possible. Well, Van Vliet kind of echoed it because you got to contain Levine, too. Zach, Mr. Dunk, he said, quote, You know, those two guys you don't really guard with just one person. It takes a five-man group. Definitely, I think, limiting touches and attempts is your best way to start on those guys. Well, listen, both teams were completely inconsistent, and at one point it looked like Toronto was just going to tank. It really did. And Chicago knew that no matter what happened, with two games left, that they were going to be the 10, so they took their foot off the gas. And then DeRozan, maintaining uh, that unique focus, he said to get by, is something that he learned as part of a plan with the Spurs two years ago. He said, when you've got to pack a bag You've got to pack with the understanding that if you win, we've got to go somewhere else and compete for another game. That's where it starts. It was a feeling that first, like, you know, you've got to pack for a couple of days and it's kind of that unknowing. You want to make sure you make that luggage useful instead of just going back home. I think everybody's going to feel it packing that bag, understanding that we're not just going to play one game. By the way, the Bulls made more than 10 three-pointers per game. Uh, That is uh, 10.4, and that was last in the league. (laughs) But since the All-Star break, the Chicago defense has been fantastic. They're second in the league uh, in that, and uh, Toronto is three. So I would take the under here. The over-under is 212.5. Once again, 2 12 and a half And then OKC goes to New Orleans. And that's um, the, uh, of course, they will move on. And uh, if they can get through this, whoever wins this game. Uh, but uh, that'll, they'll play the, um, <coughs> the T-Wolves. Zion injured his right hamstring on January 2nd. And now it's been more than three months. He played just 29 games this year. That's the third time in four years he's played less than 30 games. They play 82, by the way. So he said, I can pretty much do everything. It's just a matter of the level I was playing at before my hamstring injury. I'm just a competitor. I don't want to go out there and be in my own head and affect the team. I love the third-person approach. He said, I'll go if I can be Zion. Well, I'll say this. I'll do this show if I can be Rick. That's the way I cover it. That's right. But despite the Zion drama, New Orleans still finished with nine wins and 12. They're two games over, ninth place. Oklahoma City, two games under, finished 10th. And, uh, look, the Pelicans thrived without Williamson in the play-in format last year. They beat the Spurs and the Clippers, and they got in the playoffs. They surprisingly gave the top-seeded Suns a very fierce battle in the first round. I remember when the Pels did that to the Warriors. I did a pregame show at the Coliseum at the time in that first round, and that's where they said, will Steph play? And the guy called me and he said, I know a guy who works there. And he said, Steph is definitely playing. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And he's like, hey, 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 Tittle, Tittle, are you listening to me or not? The guy works there and he says he's playing. I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. You don't believe me? I'm not saying I don't believe you. I'm just saying I don't know who this guy is. The only person who knows is Steph or maybe Kerr and Myers. Outside of that, no one. I don't even think Rick Welts knows. He goes, I just told you that I know a guy who works there who says he's playing, and that's the fact. Steph didn't play. <laughs> so, I don't know, Willie Green, maybe one of the most anonymous coaches in the NBA, but did a pretty good job. But OKC, they got some young pieces, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, the rookie. This is despite not having Chuck Holmgren the whole year, they overachieved. And um, head-to-head, they played four times. Pelicans won three of them. But the last one, OK City, won by 14th March 11th in New Orleans. <clears throat> so the over-under on this is 226-5. Uh, the Pelicans are favored by 5.5 points in this game. And we'll keep eye on that one as well. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we will come on back on Byline.
8: Right now.
1: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. That's 800 965 1295. How would you like to get high speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day?
14: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Lines are available. Rick Tittle, I'm something like Trump. Everyone's saying it's the best. Everyone said I'm the greatest ever. People are talking, and they can't believe how great I am. Tampa Bay Rays. They had to put Zach Eflin on the 15 day injured list due to back tightness. So they've called up their top pitching prospect, Taj Bradley. And Taj Bradley uh, is going to be making his major league debut against the Red Sox today as they go for their 12th straight win. This guy was the fifth-round pick of theirs back in 2018. He's 22 years old. That's so almost five years in the minors. He pitched rookie ball two years. Of course, 2020, canceled major the minor leagues pandemic. Of course, um, next season, Class A, low and high, ERA of 183. And then last year, AA, AAA, 257. He is considered the number 18 prospect by MLB Pipeline. He was eligible for Rule 5. Because of his time in his fifth year, But he went on the 40-man, and that means he already has a roster spot. um, And they've only allowed 18 runs in 10 games, the fewest in baseball. The next fewest would be the Brewers at 26, more about them in a second. But, yes, weak teams, Tigers, Nationals, A's, but it doesn't matter. They've gotten results from the rotation, even with Shane Baz with Tommy John surgery, Tyler Glasnow on the IL with a oblique. It's Eflin and McClanahan and Jeffrey Springs and Drew Erasmus and that have been doing everything, but um, you know, Kevin Cash says that they want Eflin just to have a minimum stay, so only a couple of starts he'll probably miss, but that means Bradley would probably get sent back down to A, but that'll... Depend on his performance, obviously. Uh, Glasnow is supposed to come back in the rotation next month. If it comes to pass that Bradley sticks with the big club for the rest of the season, he would be eligible to earn a full year of service time, but just barely because a major league season is 187 days and a player needs to spend 172 in the majors or on the injured list. Bradley has missed 12 days which would give him enough time to creep over the one-year line. And if he does get that full year, of course, he'll be eligible with the prospect of the promotion incentive as part of the most recent CBA. If a player has less than 60 days of service time and is on two out of the three top uh, 100 prospects list, that's Baseball America, ESPN, and MLB Pipeline, and then gets a full year of... Uh, Service as a rookie, they become PPI eligible. And then if they win rookie of the year or get top three MVP or Cy Young, they can get a, um, their club gets an extra draft pick. I mean, these are some new things in the CBA that I don't remember reading. But this has already happened once when Julio Rodriguez won rookie of the year and the Mariners got a sandwich pick out of it. It's to encourage to promote Youngsters and Bradley's on all three of those lists, so he's eligible for the mix as well. Now, getting back to the Baru Crew, they look young and fun and to threaten for that NL Central title. And if you look at the standings right now for Milwaukee, um, they have they are eight and three. They're in first place over pittsburgh by the way pittsburgh people say like oh yeah the same payrolls he is they lock up their youngsters and they play in a beautiful park it's completely different completely different but at eight and three uh corbin burns who by the way um has allowed 10 runs in nine and a third he said it's time for me to step up and help out these guys instead of them having to carry me around uh yeah but with the cardinals not doing well out of the gate it's basically flipped the nfl the uh, nl central title odds because if you want to look at fan graphs st louis was given a 50% chance of winning the division and the brewers 40 and now they've flipped it look milwaukee entered the season with 118 million dollar payroll that's down 132 million Sorry, it's down from $132 million. Just kidding. So, yeah, they cut payroll. Big time. And what is that, $15 million? But it's not hurt them in the standings. The caveat is that reading too much into the first two weeks of games is a bad recipe for these types of takes. But think about these youngsters. Garrett Mitchell in center field. You know, uh... Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer. They swapped out Omar Navajas for William Contreras. Really good trade. But the old guys, Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, Colton Wong, all over 30. Bye-bye. Mitchell said, I think it brings a different type of energy when you have young guys. We are going out there, and not only are we trying to play, we're trying to stay here. Nothing's ever guaranteed in this game. Well, Mitchell was the 20th overall pick three years ago. He got called up late last year, and he's been really good. Three home runs in two games against the Mets last week. Terang made the opening day roster out of spring training. Weimer came when Luis Arias got hurt on opening day with his hammy. But you look at Mitchell is hitting 286 at center. Bryce Terang hitting 304 at second. Joey Weimer in right field hitting 296. Those three have combined for 295 and five home runs, three steals, no caught. So you don't wanna get hung up on numbers. But this is an energy level that the A's try to get out of Nick Allen, <laughs> who's basically been benched at this point. Now look at Sam Frelick. He was the number 15 overall pick two years ago. He got to AAA last year. He's a phone call away. And then Milwaukee has the stud, the 19-year-old Jackson Churio, who is supposed to be the best pitcher in the minor leagues. The only problem is, it's not a problem, is that Churio, Mitchell, we, these guys, most of them are outfielders. you think that it's unlikely Christian Yelich is going anywhere. So at some point, <clears throat> they're going to have to figure out how to squeeze all these outfielders together or give different positions or deal them. Trade them. The GM, Matt Arnold, said, I'm not really worried about it. You like to have a lot of guys who can do a lot of things, and often it works itself out. If you have four awesome outfielders, you can still get 550 plate appearances for all of them. That's very possible. And plus, Willie Contreras is only 25, believe it or not. A year ago, Milwaukee had the eighth-oldest team. Now they're the fourth-youngest. But how about defense? I mean, defensive runs saved, they like to do that. Outs, above average, doesn't include framing and all that. Defensive efficiency, that's easy to understand. That's batted balls turned into outs. This year they have the number one defense in baseball. And it's pretty amazing when you think about how young the team is that they own that stat so far. And, look, Lorenzo Cain was one of the best center fielders of his generation, but he started getting slow, and he got cut. And Mitchell has been a huge upgrade in center. And Wong was a good defender at second, but he stunk last year. Terang has been an upgrade. Uh, Weimer has been really good in right field with a great arm. And... Craig Council, the manager, said, I was so impressed with how Bryce plays defense. I think he's an exceptional defender at second base. I just think he's really good, and he showed us this in camp, and he's going to win games playing defense. There's not necessarily a number by it as much, but I think he's going to do that. That was one of the things that really stood out and I think helped him make the team. So trade deadline, there are some guys, they're talking about maybe trading uh, Corbin Burns. He's got two more years of control. Willie Adamas, Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer, Rowdy Tellez. Now, uh, Arnold says, we get phone calls on these guys all the time. That being said, this is a group we're excited about. We want to put a really good product on the field in 2023, and those guys have to be a part of it if we're going to do that. Remember, Josh Hader was in the same place last year, two, ways, two years away from free agency, a very important part of the team. And they traded him. That's right. And so, I don't know. It's just, if you think, well, we're a couple years away, and then you think, we're well, not a couple years away. You know, as I said, it's two weeks in a long season. But two weeks in, the Milwaukee Brewers are 8-3. and three. They have a plus 28 run differential. They're playing great defense. And... Why not get excited about it? As I said, like the Pirates right now at 7-4, and four, better than the Cubs. So even Cincinnati has a better record than St. Louis. You think that's going to last? No. The St. Louis Cardinals are going to be right there fighting, if not for the central title, then for a wild card in the National League. Why? Because they're the Cardinals, and that's the law. That's just the way it works in baseball. The Cardinals can't be bad. They just can't. I'm Rick Kittle'm on back on sports Pilot. who's watching
15: Tell me who's watching Who's watching me?
7: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys.
6: U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of double-stack JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher.
3: Maverick has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howells to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that
11: this stadium has ever seen.
14: Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
3: Thanks for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast. And <clears throat> Man, looking at some of these mocks right now. Um, <clears throat> first of all, Devin White in Tampa Bay reportedly has requested a trade. He has uh, one year left on his contract. And I'd just like to say, since the Raiders passed on him the first time, can you? I was going to say Oakland, dang it. Can you come to the Raiders' You'd be by far our best linebacker, even if you're just watching. But um, ESPN reported that he has requested a trade from the Buccaneers, and they don't want to trade him. They picked up his fifth-year option, which will pay him $11.7 million. He had gone on social media indicating that he might be playing elsewhere, And reflecting on his first four years in the league. He was the fifth overall pick out of LSU, as a rookie, 91 tackles, two and a half sacks, four fumble recoveries, three, four sumbles, a pick. Then he was all pro in his second year, pro bowl in 2021. Last year, five and a half sacks, 124 tackles. And so what he's looking for is a new deal. <clears throat> and he wants four years, $80 million. And that would surpass Roquan Smith of the Ravens. And that would make him the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. I should say 20.1 million. Roquan gets 20. He wants 20.1 20. million. <clears throat> 25 years old. And uh apparently there were some going back and forth with the Eagles corner Greedy Williams and they basically were saying let's make it happen. Well, Philadelphia does have a need at that position. Two of its starting linebackers for last year, the run to the Super Bowl, TJ Edwards and Kazir White have both left in free agency. So that could be one. There are a lot also rumors that D'Amico Ryans, the former linebacker himself, uh, they want to get him. There'll be rumors up and down. I'll just say, come to the Raiders. Everybody wants to be a Raider deep down, don't they? Crickets. And then we'll get it done one 800 a play Back to the NBA, uh, talking about the Bucs. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, he just did an interview with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that came out today that said he was con- uh, contemplating retirement just a couple of years ago, and he talked to the front office about it. He had signed a five-year, $228 million extension, which at that time was the highest contract in the history of the NBA, a week before the season began. And then he was struggling with the expectations about being the best player in the world. And to emphasize the point, he talked about being in a hotel in Orlando and hearing a grandmother tell her grandchildren about him. He said, Yeah, it's good to hear that, but that's a lot of pressure going through that. In order to be the best, you have to play like the best. You have to practice like the best. You have to carry yourself like the best, which is not easy. As much as people will say I'm handling it well because that's my personality. It's hard. It's not easy. In 2020, I was ready to walk away from the game. He said, I had that conversation with the front office. Well, if you consider the context in 2019, the bucks are up to love against the Raptors and they blew it. The next season, they came back looking like the best team in the league. And then COVID shut everything to a halt. And then they went to the bubble and there were a lot of social justice concerns back in Milwaukee. They were bounced in the second round by Miami. A few months later, after an extremely short offseason, shortest ever, right? Had to get back into the grind in a COVID-altered world. Mental toll on everybody, and and Tenduquopo had the additional pressure of trying to bounce back from those two humiliating playoff defeats. He said, "Quote: I'm very stubborn human being. If something doesn't make me happy, I don't do it. I don't want to do it." I'm just going to stay home, stay with my kids, stay with my family, and try to be happy. I don't care. And this was right when I signed the largest contract in NBA history. So in 2020, I was ready to walk away from the game. I had that conversation, yes, with the front office. And you know, very normally, everybody is looking at me, and I was crazy. Like I was crazy. You just signed the largest contract in NBA history, and you want to walk from the game and all that money? I said, man, you can take that money and shove it up your blank. Well, he didn't retire. And the thought that he thought about it is one thing. I think all of us, you wouldn't be a human if you didn't have a self-destructive thought in your head. It's just trying not to act on it. You know, it's always easy to just quit and walk away from things, right? I'm just going to stay in bed today. I quit. All right, But it's hard to imagine him as competitive and as driven as he is and the performance in the 2021 finals when he led the Bucks to their first title in 50 years. It's just hard to even picture that now. But you talk about playoff pressure. If I told you the Sixers have not gotten past the second round in 22 years, would that sound right? Because that doesn't sound right to me. But the last time they got through the first round was the 01, the 2000, 2001 season. And they finished with 54 wins. That's the highest win total since that year. And the Sixers are one of the oldest and most storied franchises, but they just can't get out of the East. They have not hung a banner since I was a senior in high school in 1983. Moses Malone, Andrew Toney, and Dr. J., third guy I mentioned. Weird. But they've gone through a lot of rebuilding, and Philly fans are very skeptical for the process years to yield something better. But the Sixers also have a payroll north of $150 million this season, and it's safe to say that the Heat is on as a well-regarded and a widely respected team. You just, I mean, look at Daryl Morey, the president of Baseball Ops. He takes that on. He almost started World War Nine with China, remember? When <laughs> he was in Houston. Remember China told, because he said, he put some tweet like, stand with Hong Kong, and then he went back to his Cheerios. Then Adam Silver got a call. You have to fire Morey or you can't show NBA games on TV. And Adam Silver said, that would be a shame because we're all making money and people love it. But this is America. I can't tell somebody what to say. America. America. But then there's the players. James Harden has established himself as one of the most productive offensive players ever. And he's got a lot of hardware to show it. Ten-time All-Star, three-time scoring champ, MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer. And a reputation for somebody who stinks in the playoffs. <laughs> He's never missed the playoffs, which is a pretty impressive feat. And he only got it to the finals once, 11 years ago, when he was a backup with the Thunder. I said backup. But he has been criticized for playing poorly, not up to his his high level, not playing defense, especially in elimination games. <clears throat> and if you look last season... For the Sixers, not that great. So that trophy case is missing one thing, as we know, and that is a championship ring. And if he gets it, he can start talking about all-time great. But right now it's just, hey, all-time great scorer. But he's 33. He's going to turn down his player option next year because he wants a new deal. And any new contract he gets, even in Philadelphia, is going to be based a little bit or a lot on how he does these playoffs. And if he plays well, the price goes up. Pretty easy, right? But then you get Joe Embiid, reigning two-time scoring champion. He's got his own playoff demons that he has to exercise because he also is a generational talent. He finished as the MVP runner-up last two years, probably will win it this year. and he's all over the Sixers' record books. He's on a path to the Hall of Fame, and he's never even been in a conference finals. He's been to the playoffs five times, got to the second round twice, first round once. So not all of these postseason failures can get pinned on the star, but as the team's best player, you're going to get a lot of the blame. And he's certainly talented enough to lead a team through a deep playoff run. The fact that he's been able to do so is a blemish. He's admitted himself. He has stunk in the playoffs. He's a lot younger than Harden, so that record isn't as long. But they're both trying to get that monkey off their backs that they're not. It's like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was always told that you can't play in the playoffs. All right. I got about two minutes for Vince in Lafayette. Go ahead, Vince.
19: Alright, I was well a couple things, yeah. Also uh the sharks, they got uh, hundred points and seven hundred for uh what's his name? Uh, uh I guess he his face the captain of our team, he got seven hundred points. Uh, two big feats done last game.
3: Yeah, Carlson uh, and uh, Logan was, Couture, yeah.
19: Logan Couture, right, yeah. So I was gonna ask you, now that uh, um you got to see that uh defenseman from Harvard, does he look pretty good to you?
3: Well, he's very highly touted kid. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's an exciting player, but I mean how many? I, I mean even if they call them up next year, it's probably going to be a little bit of a while. But yes, he's a nice looking prospect, and also the uh, the goalie they just got from the University of Denver. They've signed him, and he was a national champ in the Frozen Four last year. So I'm i you know I hopefully he works out.
19: Yeah, I wonder if he's going to get a sniff the next two games. So they got two games left. I wonder if they're going to bring him up. Uh, I'd like to see him play you know, before the season's over. You know, it's funny. I was reading about him, and they were saying his knock on him is he's played on such a great team, they don't know, really know how good he is. He has really good numbers you know, playing for Denver. Um, he's 9.17, I think it is, which is really good. When you're in the nines, it's really good. The I mean, Sharks used to have goals like that a long time ago. But uh, I'm wondering uh, if he's going to get the play. Because, uh, I mean, it's like I said, he signed this year, too, so he, he's eligible to play the next two games. Um, do you think i will give him a give him a looky? I don't think there's any chance uh, they're going to re-sign uh, their goalie that's expiring this year, and they have another goalie that's playing. He has one year left on his contract. Uh, if you listen to gear, his uh, number one goal this year was to improve the defense, which I think he really did with the players he acquired you got a lot of players I think their defense is going to be much better next year the second now is to
3: replace the goalies um, and I think so do you
19: think they'll bring up that guy for the next two games or not
3: I, I don't I don't know I would be cold they might as well they're not going anywhere hey Vince I gotta run to a break though but thanks for the call
12: all right take care
3: all right you too. come on back y'all
17: Das Platz nehmen der Amerikaner. A Niedelnogelneile hopp verkürm, hopp verkürm, hopp verkürm. A Niedelnogelneile hopp verkürm, das ist meine größte Freiheit.
9: Das war sogar mein Mitterdürn, Mitterdürn, Mitterdürn. Das war sogar mein Mitterdürn und hat sie eine Geheil.
14: Drinking that haterade and bow down to Ricky T, y'all.
3: All right, thank you for that. A couple minutes left in the show, and it's good that Vince brought up hockey because the Bruins now have 133 points on the season, 64, 12, and three NHL record for wins in a season, and now they have the most points ever in a season, eclipsing the great Canadians. Record of 132-76-77. The Bruins have blown past a franchise record of 57 wins. As I said, they have 64. And it's unbelievable <laughs> what they are doing. Now, they only have one game left. But still, <clears throat> the what they're doing uh, has never been seen in the history of of uh, hockey and if you look at the Atlantic they have 64 wins second place Toronto with 49 the Metropolitan Carolina leads with 51 in the West Colorado leads with 49 and the Pacific Vegas leads with 50 they are literally in a different league now I've seen my Sharks win the President's Trophy and lose to the 8th seed in the first round. And being up 3-love. So nothing is for sure. But this will be like when the Warriors broke the all-time record with 73 wins and they lost the finals. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pack Time.